Yeah. Uh. It's saving for one, one, you feel me? I teach you how to save. You earn your money, you earn your money. I know you can. I teach you how to save. Don't waste your money, but bank your money. Don't spend your end. I teach you how to save. Your bank account will be filling out with them dividends. Hello, wealth builders, and welcome to Cafe Mula, your spot for wealth building information, wisdom, and a pep talk. This is 100 Wealth Building Secrets with James Marshall, and this is podcast number six. Talk with everyone, but keep your own counsel. Now, podcast number six is based off of Wealth Building Secret number 96 of the same name. Talk with everyone, but keep your own counsel. I'm your host, James Marshall, a registered investment advisor and president of Marshall Wealth Management, a registered investment advisory firm registered in Texas and Kentucky. Now, for over 30 years, I've been educating, advising, and managing wealth for diverse families all over the country. But today, I'm going to share my knowledge with you. Now, this is a series of podcasts based on my book, 100 Wealth Building Secrets. And if you don't have a copy, you need to get a copy. And I'll tell you how to do that at the end of the show. But for right now, let's get moving. As usual, I'll be talking about different concepts of building wealth, different concepts about money and wealth building in general, how to get it, how to protect it, how to pass it on. So if you want to grow, protect, or transfer your wealth to the next generation, you should be listening and listening often. So take time to turn up the volume, whether you're walking, running, exercising, or just having a beverage, just sit back, take notes, listen, and learn. But as we do every week, we want to start off with the A to Z financial definitions of the week. And this week, we're on the letter D, and D is for diversifications. In other words, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Have some growth stock, have some bonds, have some mid-cap, have some international, have some real estate, have individual stocks, maybe have mutual funds, ETFs. Just spread the risk. If you spread the assets, you minimize the risk. And minimizing the risk will help you sleep better. It will also allow you to be in the market without as much worry. So diversification spreading your assets amongst various investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, cash, etc. All right. Any other questions about that? Go to the website, look at the newsletter, look at the uh, financial definitions. You'll find all the information you need to know about diversification. What's important today is podcast number six definition. Talk to everyone, but keep your own counsel. Just remember when you talk to everyone, they all have opinions. Everybody has one. And I've come to realize that as a rule, people just don't care about your goals, your ambitions, or your troubles. They have their own issues to deal with. So they're probably not motivated to give you the best ideas and advice. Go for yourself, what you need to know to help yourself to their own self be true. Develop the man of a leader that gathers input from those who are in the know, but make their own decisions. Just know that wrong or right, it's all on you. The buck stops with you. Now, I realize this is an interesting comment from a guy who makes a living giving advice. But actually, it puts me in a very unique position to know firsthand the pitfalls of just blindly following other people's advice. Your success or failure is just that. It is your success or failure. Your advisors will continue with their lives whether you succeed or not. So ultimately, you're responsible for whatever advice you get. Seek advice from others, but keep your own counsel. You make the final decision. That's what I'm really trying to get across to you. Now, the attorney is there to advise you on your options within the guidelines of the law. Your doctor is there to give you his or her opinion based on their knowledge and experience in medicine. 
a financial advisor will advise you on wealth planning and investment strategies you can consider to accomplish your financial goals based on his or her training and experience in financial matters, but it's your financial goals. Just remember that you retain these professionals to give you the best chance of a successful outcome, but ultimately you are responsible for the actions you decide to take. You know, it's an interesting relationship, uh, that of advisor and those seeking advice. Let's talk to a young lady that has been providing professional counsel for, for years. She's uh, helped out some clients of mine, and I respect her opinion greatly. And she will hopefully be able to put a little bit more legitimacy to this discussion. Today, we want to welcome to the show Mrs. Ronique Robinson, attorney at law, who specializes in family law, the emphasis on divorce and estate planning. Now, Ronique, you've been an attorney for how long now? 27 years. 27 years. Now, I don't know about you, but as a financial advisor, sometimes I give people advice. They don't always listen. They listen to other people more than they listen to me, who I'm supposed to be the expert. So when I wrote this particular step, I meant to say to people, don't listen to people who don't know what they're talking about. Have you come across any of that type of thinking? Um, honestly, <laughs> not a lot, um, because what we end up with are people that are coming to us because of the information that they want to get, and they're paying for that information. And so I don't get a lot of people that don't want the advice that I have. However, when I do get someone that comes in and they want to tell me about all the different people that said how they should do X, Y, and Z, then I tell them, why are you paying for advice that you're not going to use? Mm, that must be very frustrating. If you take the time to sit with someone, give them your hard-earned advice, and then they're going to do just the opposite. I mean, that must be pretty frustrating. Well, those people don't generally hire us, and so I don't always know if they didn't do it. If you hire our firm, I'm going to tell you, don't pay for advice you don't want. So one of the things that I've said, even in the book that I've written, is know your lawyer, trust your lawyer, and determine if you and your lawyer have the same personality fit, especially with what I do, which are divorces, and people need to trust the person that they're listening to. So it becomes really important that you establish that kind of rapport where you don't question your lawyer. While you may ask them questions about the process, you don't generally ask them questions about the strategy in a manner that undermines what it is that they're trying to tell you to do. Now, do you have situations where clients or just friends will talk to a lot of different people about their particular situation that they need to be talking to a professional, but they're talking to everyone else. Then they come to you with these very strange strategies and remedies for the situation that go far left of what you may have said to them. Not necessarily in that order. Okay. And so process, and they're still coming with this and that, and how do you feel about this, and what should I have done about that, and so-and-so said this, and so-and-so got that. Then we're telling them, look, you're in this with us. If you don't trust what we're saying and you're second guessing what we're saying, then we're not the right firm for you. So we're telling them, trust your lawyer, get a lawyer that you are comfortable with, that you can feel secure that they are looking out for you, that the strategy that they've mapped out for you is a strategy that you're comfortable with, that they are competent to do the work that you have entrusted them to do. So at that point, we're saying, listen to us because you've hired us. Well, speaking of 
getting one that you feel that you can trust or that you feel is competent enough to do what you want them to do. How does one go about that? What is the first step a person might take to make sure they're choosing the right attorney? Well, one of the things that I tell people all the time is don't be afraid to pay a consultation fee. Meet with more than one lawyer. If you meet with the first lawyer and you are totally confident that the two of you are in sync and this is what you want, go ahead and go for it. But trust your gut. Trust how you interact with this person and how this person makes you feel about your case. And don't be afraid to ask them, what is your strategy? What is the process? How are you going to get me the remedy that I'm asking for? And, and that's the thing. A lot, of people, a lot of times people don't know what to ask. They, they don't know enough to know what to ask you. So they come in with this, this fear factor. They come in with this ideal of uh, what should I expect from my attorney? Uh, they're not forthright with the information they should be at the time. How do we get past that? That is actually one of the more difficult challenges because one of the things that happens is that attorneys have a lot of information that your average lay person does not have. Mm -hmm. And you're absolutely right. They don't have the information and the knowledge and the background to ask the correct questions, so a lot of times they don't. Um, one of the things that they could probably do, you might Google it. There may be someone who has talked about it before. You might watch a couple of YouTube videos because someone has aired their grievances with regards to the system. And so you might be able to to garner from that information just a couple of questions that you may want to ask. But some of the simpler things are, what kind of case do I have? Knowing exactly what it is that you're asking for. So do I have a an initial divorce? Well, everybody should know that, right? You're married. Mm -hmm. Do I need to get a divorce? Seems like a simple question, but it may not be because Texas has common law marriage. So am I married? Am I not married? It's a really good question because if I have children, do I need a suit affecting the parent-child relationship? Have I established paternity? Have I established parentage? With all of the different laws with regards to informal marriages, ceremonial marriages, and other different factors with regards to marriage, you may not even know whether or not you're actually married. Mm. Right? So <laughs> <laughs> that might be interesting. <laughs> right. So yeah, you're right. there are a lot of times when people just don't know the right question to ask. But that might be a question. I didn't get married in a church. I got married before adjusted to the peace. Am I married? Mm. And thus the whole idea of talking to everyone, basically researching what you can on your own. I always say know for yourself. So they go out and get as much information as they, as they think they need before they come to you. Then they won't be so shell-shocked when they start asking you questions and you start giving them information. You think that might be a good approach to take or would that be too daunting for the average person? Mm, it kind of depends on the level of understanding of the person, how tenacious are they, you know, and how learned are they in terms of discerning the information that you get? Obviously, everything you read on the internet isn't true, right? right. And you're going to get people that they don't know, you know, how many different people have you heard that told you, oh, if you spent one night in the house with someone, that means that you were married to them. <laughs> I must say, I've not heard that one before. <laughs> Maybe in the deep, deep south. Right. So, <laughs> well, this is the deep south, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and, it, and you would be surprised how many different yeah. times. Wow. I get the question, how many days do I have to live in the same house with someone to be determined as their common law spouse? Wow. Right? Well, that's not a part of the statute anywhere. 
but they will hear from five different people five different answers. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very important that they come in and they ask just that kind of basic question. Another thing I want people to know is no question is a stupid question, Mm -hmm. right? The only stupid questions are the unasked questions. Mm -hmm. So ask the question no matter how basic it may seem. Another thing that I have is that people want to impress you with how much they know. Mm, All right. Yes. Don't do that. They're playing double dutch waiting to jump in the conversation with their bit of knowledge. Huh? <laughs> Don't do that. Ask the questions. Mm. Even if you think you know the answer, mm. ask the question anyway and listen to the advice that you're given. Mm. Don't be... When people try to impress a lawyer with how much they know, all that they've done is they've used up the time for the consultation that they pay for, and they've talked more than they've listened. Mm. My great-grandmother always said, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Yep, that was, uh, I think, podcast number two, listen more than you talk. So this is true, true, true. So basically, what I hear you saying is if you want to get as much information as you can, it's okay to talk to other people and research, but then you have to decide on an attorney that you're going to trust in. And then you're going to make a gut decision. Ultimately, it's your decision, who you choose, and what happens. So talk to everyone, but keep your own counsel. But respect and believe and trust in the counsel that you've retained to go to war for you, go to battle for you, if you will. Absolutely. Always do that. Research that lawyer. You know, ask some questions about that lawyer. And determine, mm-hmm. you know, because the only way that your gut can tell you, is this the right person, is if you're armed with just a little bit of knowledge about mm-hmm. who this person is. The one wonderful thing that we have now that we didn't have in the past is we have the internet to give us lots of information about reviews. Read those reviews. See how did this person handle their client. The angry client is going to be the one that's out there. Mm, squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how you're going to trust them. And don't be afraid to ask them about their their record. Mm-hmm. What kinds of cases have you handled? Mm. Have you seen a case like mine? If you haven't seen a case like mine, what is your first impression? Ask them the questions. They may not be legal questions. They may be the kinds of questions you'd ask somebody when you were dating. Mm. Okay. I'm trying to get to know you. <laughs> you might not want to have, have a uh, bone specialist do brain surgery. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important, I see. So it's important, so even when you're going to trust your own counsel, get the right counsel. And uh, with that in mind, what is the recourse? Suppose the person does all those things mm-hmm. and they're just still not happy. What recourse do they have to undo the relationship or to move on to another attorney? Oh, very easily. They just tell them, I would like to terminate the relationship. They can do it in an email. They can do it in a letter. You know, it's better to do it in writing than to do it verbally, but you can tell them verbally and then follow up with the writing, but you need to tell them. Now, the but idea, give them the opportunity to fix what's wrong. Okay. So you might say, I'm unhappy. Can you fix it? And, and then you cannot get satisfaction. Then you might go to the next step. Well, what about your records and your files that the attorney may have? So the attorney is required to provide those files to you, even if you have a balance. And so what a lot of attorneys will do is to tell you, I will give you the file once you give me your final payment. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. But they do it. And a lot of times, you know, people want to take care of their balance, and they do then they don't have to be forced. But in in those cases where, well, I'm unhappy and I'm not going to pay you, then the attorney is supposed to rely on their contract and to seek their own legal redress against the client for failure to pay, as opposed to holding their files hostage. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for taking time in your busy schedule to talk to my audience of people who just want to know what you have to say about counsel. In uh, closing, I want you to just give a quick overview of what you might want to share with people about why they should come and talk with you or what you specialize in or just see what's on your mind. Okay. <laughs> so um, 
like I said earlier, I primarily handle divorce cases. I will handle child custody cases. We'll have, handle parentage cases. We'll also handle child support cases. We have five lawyers of varying levels of experience. I am board certified in family law. I'm actually one of 10% of the lawyers in the state of Texas are board certified in a field. 3% of those are board certified in family law. Well, only three. Wow. And I am the only African-American female that is board certified in Fort Bend County. That's an office in Fort Bend County. With that, I have, like I said earlier, 27 years of experience. 21 of those has been 100% in family law. Also, some of the other family issues that we handle are your simple wills and your estate plans. And so we do those in conjunction with our divorces quite frequently in conjunction with our child support and our paternity actions because it is at that point when people either begin a family or when they are terminating a familial relationship that they realize that they need to protect their assets and that they need to provide for their children. So we end up handling those as a result of those cases. Outstanding. Well, it sounds like you were at the top of your game, and I'm just glad to know you. Glad to know you, too. <laughs> thank you right, Thank you me. so much. We're here, Ronique, and that's it for today's podcast. Bye. All right, all right, all right. That's all we have for today, and we have made it through podcast number six of 100. But your learning does not have to end here. Go on over to our website, marshallyourmoney.com. Get all the information that's there, the videos, the newsletters, the the, uh, podcast, Twitter accounts, the calculators, everything you need to learn about wealth is on that site. Now, you can follow me on Twitter at James Marshall at Marshall Wealth. You can like me on Facebook at BlackFamilyWealth at Facebook.com. Or you can check out our newsletters, as I said before, on our website, MarshallYourMoney.com and BlackFamilyWealth.com. Now, be sure to sign up for our email list and get a free copy of our book, 100 Wealth Building Secrets. Or you may decide you want to get a free copy of the book, A Fool and His Money, the financial Education of Anthony Fu, which I think is very fun, funny, and informative. Now you can download our free app on your Google Play called the Hive HIVE Family Wealth Building System. A lot of good information there on building a multifamily, multi generational wealth. And of course, you can like this podcast if you don't want to miss anything. You can subscribe to it. But more importantly, we want you to follow it. Like it and follow it and pass it on to your friends. I hope that we've said something today that you can use. And until next week. Yeah. Uh. It's saving one on one. You feel me? I teach you how to save. You earn your money, you earn your money. I know you can. I teach you how to save. Don't waste your money, but bank your money. Don't spend your end. I teach you how to save. Your bank account will be filling out with them dividends. So I teach you how to save. Rule number one: If it ain't making money, it ain't making sense.